a Supreme Armored Titan and a Master of Magic in the Blade, and also a bit rough in 5e. The Eldritch Knight is a fighter archetype that produces a glorious character image, but has left a lot of players unimpressed. But the Little Magical Fighter build isn't out of the fight yet, and with a little tinkering can actually match the epic vision that you have inside of your head when you picture an Eldritch Knight. That is what today's episode is all about. Eldritch Knight is a fighter archetype that dips your fighter's toes into the realm of arcane magic. It's meant to represent deadly war mages bedecked in armor and blasting their foes away with combat-focused spells. Sadly though, most people who build Eldritch Knights end up with a lackluster and underpowered character. This is due to two fundamental problems with the Eldritch Knight. One, you have very few spell slots, and two, your ability scores are stretched thin. While the Eldritch Knight does give a fully armored caster access to fireball spells and the like, you're not going to be blasting for very long. Your spell progression is far slower than other spellcasting classes, and while having access to a couple fireballs at 13th level is nice to have as a fighter, it's not really worth losing out on the other fighter archetype options for it. The second and far more pressing issue is just how far you'll need to stretch your ability scores to get a spellcasting attack modifier or spell DC high enough to make those spells worth a damn. You're still a fighter, and you'll need a very high strength or dexterity and high constitution, in addition to a very high intelligence. That's three ability scores you'll want at least a plus three or a plus two for, something that's just not feasible at early levels. While the idea of a fireball-flinging fighter doesn't really work, there is a way to make use of the Eldritch Knight to create a magical fighter that can dish out tons of damage, potentially quite a bit more than your standard fighter, while maintaining an incredibly high AC and hit point maximum. If walking around as an armored tank while slicing through your enemies with a shadowy blade, spewing green arcane fire, locking them magically in place beside you while your magical ally distracts them from your killing blow, sounds like your kind of character, you'll definitely want to stick around for the rest of this episode. Our build won't need to have incredibly high intelligence, so just build your character like a standard strength-based fighter. Strength and constitution need to be as high as you can get them, so you should pick a race with a bonus to each of those. Mountain Dwarves are an especially good racial choice for this, with their plus two to both strength and constitution. But anything with a bonus to both, or that can choose a bonus to both, will get us where we need to be. So just choose one of the following, let's just say any of these here. We have done videos on all of those, by the way, if you want to go check those out. With your chosen race, you'll need to get both your strength and your constitution up to 16 each and you'll have to have the points left over to push intelligence up to 12. The big reason we're able to give up on dexterity is by going to the fully armored route. Fighters gain access to heavy armor and shields from the get-go, and our Eldritch Knight is going to take full advantage of that. So we're going to build our Eldritch Knight with the following options. We're going to go with plate armor for a cool 18 base AC, a shield for a plus 2 bonus to AC, and a defensive fighting style for another plus 1 to AC. So now, before even getting into our spells, we should be sitting pretty at a 21 AC. So we don't have a lot of spell slots to work with, and our DC and attack modifiers will be terrible for them anyway. So what are we doing here? We're casting cantrips. That's what we're doing. The Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide introduced a selection of cantrips that use your melee attacks as part of your spell casting. Where it gets good is once you hit 7th level with the Eldritch Knight ability, War Magic. See, the reason every fighter doesn't dip a level into wizard for these sweet damage cantrips is that using them is casting a spell, not really making an attack, and I know that sounds weird, which means your extra attack features don't function with them. Eldritch Knight lets you make the extra swing anyway after you cast your cantrip. 
of the options available, I highly recommend Green Flame Blade and Blooming Blade. With Green Flame Blade, it adds extra fire damage to the target of your melee hit equal to your casting modifier and also to any one enemy standing next to them. While with your low intelligence this won't be that much extra, it ramps up with an extra d8 at 5th level and really turns itself on. Think of this as your bread and butter damage cantrip. Blooming Blade, on the other hand, shrouds the target of your hit in energy that explodes if they try to leave before your next turn. It starts out at a d8 thunder damage and ramps up to 2d8 at 5th level. Use this one when you're successfully frontlining and don't want the target to run or to get around you to fight these squishy characters in your party. You'll have the choice between an ability score increase or a feat at 4th level, and I highly recommend taking the feat Warcaster. Every ability it grants is key to making an Eldritch Knight function, and I think of it as a prerequisite for the archetype. We care a whole lot about each and everything that this feat grants us. Some of your best spell options, which we'll get to here in a second, are concentration spells, and losing out on one of the few spell slots that you have to a concentration check can really hurt. This makes you twice as likely to hold on to that key spell when the chips are down. Some of our spells have semantic components, which gets tricky with a sword and shield in your hands. This eliminates that issue entirely. Finally, we get to the biggest payoff in the spell opportunity attacks. Because of the odd nature of our attack cantrips, we can use Booming Blade here, which is especially nasty because it triggers off movement. Say an enemy is trying to move past us and provokes an attack of opportunity. With this feat, we'll be able to cast a cantrip with our sword or warhammer, likely a 1d8 plus 3 damage here, and set off a Booming Blade. Our opponent here now has to choose between continuing their movement and setting off another 2d8 thunder damage or remaining still in our melee range, right where we want them. 3d8 plus 3 damage for a cantrip reaction isn't too shabby. As for first level spells, you'll only have one non-evocation or abjuration spell to choose from until level 8, and I highly recommend that you spend that slot on Find Familiar. Whatever form your familiar takes, they're capable of performing the help action to distract your enemies, effectively granting you advantage on the first swing to take in every round of combat. Admittedly, your familiar isn't likely to poof out of existence the first time the enemy takes a swing at them, but that's a swing that didn't go towards you or the party. You'll also have to pay 10 GP and materials to resummon them, but that's a small price to pay for free advantage in most encounters. For your other first level spells, there are three options that should be on the top of your list, which are Shield, Protection from Evil and Good, and Absorb Elements. Shield should be pretty self-explanatory. As a reaction, you can bump your already formidable 21 AC up to 26 AC. That's one tough nut to crack, even for many high-level creatures. This should be your regular emergency button, to be deployed whenever a boss readies up to full round attack you. Protection from evil and good can absolutely nerf some enemies' efforts against you, and with a 10-minute concentration, you can easily keep it up for an entire combat session, maybe even two. Note down the creature types it affects and bring this baby up if you run into them. And as for Absorb Elements, it's a great life preserver if you take a massive damage spell to the face or stare down a Dragon Breath. Pop it off half the damage and gain a boost for your next turn's attack for all of your trouble. When moving on to second level spells, just keep in mind the same principles as before, except at 8th level, you'll have an opportunity to dramatically increase your damage potential by picking up Shadow Blade as your one-off school spell. Shadow Blade is one of my favorite spells and is often the key to unlocking many caster martial hybrid builds. As a bonus action, you summon a magical 2d8 weapon of your choice. This effectively doubles your weapon damage, and as a bonus, you gain advantage if you're fighting in the dark. Races with dark vision can take special advantage here. Other than the blade, it's truly slim pickings here. 
Blur is a strong option. I'd barely pick it below Shadow Blade, honestly, but it's sadly another off-school option. The other oddball winner is Warding Wind out of the Elemental Evil book that'll give disadvantage on all ranged attacks against you. And then moving on to third and fourth level spells, you probably won't get to use these much as your first opportunity for third level spells is all the way up at 13th level. Protection from energy is likely your best third level pick, and Flame Shield is going to be your strongest fourth level. Protection from energy will get you the damage resistance for the combat against whatever is causing you trouble. Flame Shield will damage enemies when they try to attack you in melee, and in a way, that can really start to add up. Now that we've built it, let's go through what an average round of combat with our Eldritch Knight at 8th level would look like. Our Knight summons a Shadow Blade, or does this next round if ambushed, as the enemy approaches, then strides up confidently with AC 21 and tons of emergency spell backup, and makes an attack using the Shadow Blade to cast Green Flame Blade. Your familiar distracts the enemy and grants you advantage on the first swing. Assuming you hit and you'll be dealing the 2d8 plus 4 from the Shadow Blade, 1d8 plus 1 from the Cantrip, and 1d8 plus 1 to the enemy standing next to them. Then, because of your War Magic feature, you'll be able to swing again with your Shadow Blade for another 2d8 plus 4. Totaling across two attacks, 6d8 plus 10 damage spread slightly between two targets that you'll be able to repeat on each round of combat with advantage. Not bad. As someone who has had multiple Eldritch Knights come across his game table, a couple from the same players even, I can say as long as you don't mind having an optimization project in order to build your character, this will be more than worth your time. Thank you guys so much for watching. I truly appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new content like this every week. And if you've created an Eldritch Knight that you're proud of, I would love to hear about it down in the comments. My favorite uh, Eldritch Knight, I would have to say, is a character that my buddy made in one of the first campaigns I ever ran with my current game group, and he named him Guy Squat Thrust. He was uh, quite full of himself. <laughs> Thanks again for watching. My name's Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out.